Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Monday, May 18th, 2020. It is 7.44 in the morning um, in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. I've just returned from a run. I actually recorded this ep- an episode attempt yesterday and it went well except that Oliver returned from his um, quick around the block stroll earlier than expected and I quickly finished and then I realized that it, I had some stuff I still wanted to say. Then I tried to record it later and I don't want to edit and um, so... I hadn't done it as of this morning, and then when I was running, I thought, I'll just do it quickly, do another one when I get back, because I'm kind of in the mood to just talk again to an entity that's not living here in this house, which is the void, I guess. Um, Anyway, so yeah, it's been two weeks, uh, 15 days since the last one. Um, In that interim, I can't remember if I discussed Mother's Day last time, I don't know if I did, but Mother's Day was a big thing, and... Um, per a great suggestion that I got from my friend Kara, um, I was reminded of Julie's love of fried chicken, which we never really order for some reason. So I got her, you know, flowers and stuff, and I ordered her Popeye's chicken in the morning at this huge spread. And she slept in, and Popeye's opens early. And so I was able to get it delivered before she woke up. And because of social distancing, they don't buzz the buzzer they just call you or and so she wasn't even alerted to their presence (laughs) because they don't buzz so she came out the door and just saw this big spread and um she was thrilled so um i feel like that's possibly the best mother's day or birthday gift i've gotten her maybe ever was just a bunch of popeyes but so that was that was pretty good um thanks thanks to uh, my friend kara for that sort of tip um anyway what else? Um, let's see. Just still, you know, home every day, running every morning. Um, I would say that like uh, the masks are becoming even more and more like prevalent. Like whereas before it was most people wearing masks, now it's like really most people are wearing masks even when running. Um, I still sort of feel like I, I don't have enough scientific evidence to put together a thesis, but I just feel like. The quote-unquote serious runners um, um, early in the morning, I think, wear masks more. And then the ones that are like the next tier of seriousness haven't gotten there yet. It's really interesting. And I think there's a lot of like, I have a feeling that most people have gone back and forth internally about exercising when you're alone mask-wise because there's conflicting evidence of, um, you know, if no one's around you, how dangerous or not it is. It is, um, I think I've mentioned before that I've gotten to the point of like, I just wear it all the time because A, I think it probably does make a difference, um, even if you come nowhere near anyone, which I never do at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, but also I'm just like kind of signaling to people that I'm aware of everything going on and I'm taking it seriously and don't worry about me, worry about what other whatever else you have to worry about. And then the third thing, of course, is that I'm always just too anxious about things and I'd just rather have people not even notice me for any reason to begin with. So, but I've gotten much better at running with the mask and I don't know if it's like, you know, Stockholm syndrome or if I'm getting physically used to it. I think I'm in in much better shape because I'm running more and, um, but my running pace has only slightly improved and I feel like that's where I'm seeing the mask effect. Like if I didn't have to wear a mask, um, I might be running considerably faster. Um, not that I'm really noticing or caring, um, but just interesting to note. Um, but yeah, so I just got back from a run now. Um, 
I'm so bored with my like main routes, which is Brooklyn Bridge Park and also Red Hook. And then the past two weeks, I started going into Gowanus, which is nice and empty too, very early. Um, except for industry, which you can kind of like see the the buzz and the activity, and you can kind of go to across the street or go down the middle of these empty streets. So, been going through Gowanus. Um, and sometimes zigzagging up and down those long blocks to get in the distance. But this morning, I just felt like I didn't even want to do that. So I ran up Clinton Street all the way through Cadman Plaza on their nice little running and walking path. And I got to the Brooklyn Bridge steps, and I thought, why don't I just check that out? So I ran up, and the bridge was like pretty empty. I ran by one walker. Um, or I, I guess I ran by two walkers, one Manhattan-bound, one Brooklyn-bound. Um, two cyclists went by me and two runners. And that's and what I did was I went to the first tower and took a picture and then just kind of turned around and came back. So I didn't cross the bridge because I was just kind of trying to figure out the distance of it all. Um, I think ultimately I want to go across the bridge, run through Chinatown or whatever, and then come back in the Manhattan Bridge. But that's a longer run. Um, it's probably f- at least five miles and I don't want to be like caught and having to be, be far from home on a, on a work day. So maybe I'll leave that for a weekend when I wake up early. But felt great to be on the bridge and looking around and seeing the city and the harbor and kind of having the bridge to yourself. It was pretty weird. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. So yeah, more people are wearing masks. I think in the, like I've gone out on this, in the neighborhood twice in the past two weeks during the day. I guess three times I've gone out like during the day, meaning after my early morning run. And I think more people are wearing masks out there too, um, which is good, especially now that it's becoming some sort of cultural signifier and political statement, which is dumb. Actually, today on the Brooklyn Bridge, um, the one person I saw without a mask was like some, I'd say, 35-year-old dude um, wearing a Yankees hat, but one of those Yankees hats where the NY is like American flag stars and stripes so and he seemed to be proud of his non-mask wearing um self so that was pretty stupid anyway um let's see moving on to other just sort of home life stuff oliver is doing mostly okay i still hold the belief that he is very anxious about the situation around us in general he doesn't like to go outside like we want to take him out for walks around the block just to get him literally out of the house. Um, but he protests every time and we've, we managed to do it. He won't do it with me anymore, which is kind of annoying. But he says he doesn't want to wear the mask, which I think is part of it. But I think it's, there's also a psychological thing at play where it's just like he knows something's wrong out there and doesn't want to go out there. So that's a bummer. But Julie did take him to Dunkin' Donuts on Court Street yesterday and they got a donut and I think he had fun because he loves doing that. Um, and then they went to Caputo's and got lard bread and um, he, uh, they ran into my sister-in-law who lives upstairs. So that was kind of funny. So the only people they ran into out on their trip were the people that were actually, you know, living with and quarantined with. Anyway, um, let's see. And the other big neighborhood news is uh, we ordered F&F Pizza, which reopened last week. F&F is the, uh, you know, Frankie's Prime Meats, Frankie's 457 Pizza Place that opened to great universal neighborhood acclaim last year. It's so good. And um, yeah, they reopened with this system where you can do caviar. But when I priced it out on caviar for delivery, it was like 14 extra dollars. So I just called F&F, you give them, you pay over the phone, you walk down there, your pizza's ready in like 10 minutes. And 
you give them your name and they say, oh, yes, and they slide you your pie across this little open, kind of partially open window. Um, so it's very like kind of like smooth operation. And it was so nice to eat that pizza. All right. Um, let's see. Well, moving on to the audio portion of the report. Uh, let's see. I listened to some new albums this weekend. Rose City Band, which is the guy from Wooden Ships, I guess. They have a new album called Summer Long, and it is so pretty and breezy. And like, uh, it's, it's like a combination of War on Drugs and The Grateful Dead and um, Ira from Yola Tango singing. And my friend Dave Goldstein very aptly described <laughs> Rose City Band as like, Mellow stone, ple, mellow and pleasant stoner rock for forty-something craft beer drinking dads, which, um, if you know me, is uh, pretty much right up my alley. So uh, I enjoyed "Summer Long" by Rose City Band. Um, let's see, listen to the new Jason Isbell and the Four Hundred Unit reunions. Um, it's an excellent album. I see why it's people love it, and I could, I think it's going to be one of those big albums that we hear in like Rite Aid and CVS and Stop and Shop and Kroger for many years because um, it has. A lot of catchy songs. Um, I think it's great. The first song really sounds like Robert Cray to me. It sounds like it should be on the album Strong Persuader, um, which which is a good thing for me. Um, so new Jason Isbell's good. New um, Perfume Genius, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately, is fantastic, which all Perfume Genius generally is. So I would recommend that album. Um, I, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but I listened to the song False Prophet by Bob Dylan, which is the third single from his now announced upcoming album, Rough and Rowdy Ways, out next month. Um, and this is good. This song is way more of the typical of, of Dylan's originals for the past 15 years, like kind of just like bluesy, kind of timeless blues adopt, adapted probably, I think someone said from a Jimmy Rogers song, but um, anyway, False Prophet is good. And I rewatched the film I Am Trying to Break Your Heart, which was on for free uh, with suggested donation to a Chicago food pantry, I think it was. And um, it was on a website. And this is the Sam Jones 2001 documentary, 2002, about Wilco making their Yankee Hotel Foxtrot record. Um, incredible documentary. Oh, it's so good. Um, and yeah, you know, the studio tension between Jeff Tweedy and Jay Bennett is so like kind of difficult to watch. And I realized I hadn't watched this film since before I started making records as a musician and I mean almost anyone that's ever been in a studio like been a part of an album <laughs> creation just the tension that happens is so weird and since it's like creative it's, it's not like work tension like at an office or other things it's its own kind of unique hell so to watch it was just kind of like oh my god I can't watch this but um anyway and Jeff Tweedy throws up after an argument, <laughs> which um, I totally get. Um, so yeah, speaking more of audio stuff, there's like some gr fun Grateful Dead stuff going on this week. Um, so Scott Devendorf and I are actually going to take our monthly or formerly monthly Grateful Dead night at Threes Brewing online. We were contacted by our pal Mike Greenhouse from Relics Magazine, and he suggested that we do a virtual version via fans.com, which is Peter Shapiro's sort of online forum or platform for this kind of stuff. Peter Shapiro owns the Brooklyn Bowl, all the Brooklyn Bulls, uh, Relics Magazine. Uh, he manages Phil Lesh. He does the Capitol Theater in Port Chester. He produced the whole Fare Thee Well concerts in 2015. So he's kind of like a big mover and shaker. And so I hope his platform is good. I'm sure it is. Um, so it'll be me and Scott 
Bradley, our third person, uh, is not, unable to do it this time because he is so swamped because he is a school principal in the East Village. And, um, you know, with remote schooling, he was like, guys, I just kind of can't think about that stuff right now. And we were like, totally cool. So it's me and Scott, um, our friend Michael Arthur, who does live drawing for both us and like the Bender crew and I Get Wild and a lot of other things like the public theater and Joe's Pub. He's going to do some live drawing. We're going to employ some of the films from Wyoming that Dan Goodwin, um, genius sound engineer and photographer, made for the Bob Weir and the Campfire Band tour for the Blue Mountain album. We're going to be using that and the great Daryl Norson, poster artist, artist in general uh, from Boston who has been making our Grateful Dead Night posters for like six months now. He's made a poster for this and some visual elements, graphical elements we're going to drop in this thing. So that's awesome. We're pretty excited about it. I have no idea what it's going to be like. Um, I guess we were we were we were presented with tiers of interactivity we could have, and we thought that we can do text interaction with people. So I don't know what it's going to look like. Presumably, a bunch of windows, some static. There's going to be a show producer controlling all of this, so it should be mildly pro, or hopefully um, more than mildly pro. And um, I think it'll be fun. So tune in. That's um oh that's Thursday, May twenty first. Thursday, May twenty first at I think eight thirty. I think it's going to be eight thirty to eleven or eight to ten thirty. One of those. Eastern um, on fans.com. And I think if you find me on any of my social media things, I will be presenting it or giving the info on that. So that's cool. Also, it's not announced, I don't think, but um, I feel it's safe to say it here that the Weir Wednesday, this Wednesday on May 20th, is going to be the TRI bridge session headcount benefit that um, we did with Bob Weir in, in March of 2012, which kind of kicked off the whole our relationship with Bob, meaning ours, meaning the National and Josh um, Kaufman's and everyone's. So that show was great. That was done at Bob's studio. Um, we did mostly dead songs with a few national songs and covers thrown in. Uh, I think we did Fake Empire, the National. Was that the, oh, we did Daughters of the Soho Riots. Um, the covers we did were um, Cass McCombs, Love Thine Enemy, um, what else do we, oh, most of the time, Bob Dylan. Um, and we got Bob to do My Brother Esau for the first time since The Dead did it in 87, last did it in 87, and he had not done it with any post-Dead band. Um, so that was quite the coup. He agreed to do that awesome um, B-side from In the Dark. It's a touch of gray B-side. Um, so that was great. So that's on Wednesday, um, Our br- the bridge session, it's called. And... Uh, there's also a Vinyl Me Please Dead box set coming out, which they've started to tease on Instagram yesterday, and I'm sure it'll be announced today. And I and Scott had something to do with that, liner notes-wise, so I think that's really awesome. Um, yeah, so those are, those are the fun ac- online activities for, for this week. Um, I guess uh, moving on to beer before I wrap things up here. You know, I'm getting like really into ordering beer as one does in pandemic times. And um, the latest from Threes I've had lately, uh, What Might Have Been, which is their Helly's Lager. And it is so perfectly Threes because, you know, the genius of Threes Brewing is that they don't do crazy IPAs or over the top this or that. Like they really like to perfect subtleties. And like that's why Pilsners are like kind of their genius thing so this is a lager and it's just so subtle and smooth and golden and great uh that's what might have been 
Also kicking and screaming, their Foudre fermented Pilsner, which is like a Vliet but warmer and softer because it's like wood barrel aged. Edge of Consciousness is a double IPA, which is unusual for threes, but it's excellent. But it's, it's as hazy as you're going to get from a threes beer. And Forevermore, which is their Nelson IPA, which I first had on the, at their Governor's Island outpost last summer. Um, and let's see, oh, Altogether, which is a thing that other half did an open recipe, open source beer and artwork label that breweries anywhere could use the recipe and the art. And then 10% of the proceeds go to like a hospitality foundation. So I've had Threes's version, or I've had Other Half's version, which my friend Greg dropped off for me, um, Other Half, my neighborhood friend, fellow deadhead, and Other Half employee. Um, and also had the Interborough Brewing Company version. And this, I also had the Threes version. And they're all great. Kind of think the um, other half original is um, probably the best one, which is no surprise, but they're all fantastic. And um, also had a KCBC El Tren, which is a KCBC's Mexican lager. My brother-in-law um, upstairs loves um, KCBC, and he he uh, wanted to try this Mexican lager, so we ordered it, and it's great. So that's the beer report. I think we've let's see, we've done the beer report, the audio report, the mask report, the running report. The Oliver Report. I think that's it. Um, haven't still haven't picked up a book. Oh, I've been kind of mildly reading some books, um, but just books I've read in the past. I've been reading that cute little book, um, A Little History of the World, um, by what's his name? E.H. Grimbach or something, uh, written in German in the 1930s and then translated by the author into English um, in like the 1980s. It's a type of book that is still in print and you see on display sometimes at various tables and books in bookshops and you pick it up and you're like, this is fantastic, which is how I found it at Book Culture on 112th and Broadway in like 2008. So it's nice to reread. It is literally the history of the world meant for a young reader, but of course it's like, but it's like not dumbed down writing. Like it's as enjoyable to read as an adult. And I literally like remind myself of certain elements of like history of, of who exactly did when at what time. Um, but it's literally from the beginning of human history to um, to World War One, and then he wrote a he wrote a final chapter of the history of the 20th century, basically what he lived through when he translated the book. Um, so uh, I've been reading that, and still kind of picking up Fifth Business by Robertson Davies here and there. I guess that's it. All right. It is now 8.03, so I've been talking for about 18 minutes, I think. All right. Well, have a good week. Um, Stay safe. Uh, I think that everyone that listens to this probably personally knows me, so feel free to reach out and say hi at any time. Um, Yeah. Stay safe and uh, be alert and be friendly to each other and um, talk to you next time.